Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and today we're going to be looking forward to Cardiff City's next home game against Everton on Tuesday evening at the Cardiff City Stadium. We'll also be reflecting on a bad day at the office for the Bluebirds, a 5-1 loss against Watford on Friday night. The Bluebirds just were not at the races against a very good Watford side and I'm chatting through that and the Everton game with View from the Ninian's very own Dan Moffat. There'll be no opposition preview today. We had an Everton guest lined up, but were let down at the last minute. So, sadly, it's just the home preview, but it's a good one. Enjoy. Mr. Dan Moffat, hello. Good evening, Scott. How are you, mate? Yes, not too bad, thanks. How about you? Good, yeah. No, I can't complain. Not too bad, thanks. Good stuff. So we're recording this on Sunday evening uh, ahead of Everton's trip to the Cardiff City Stadium on Tuesday. Obviously two days have passed since that uh, disaster, shall we call it, at the Cardiff City Stadium. 5-1 loss to Watford. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? I mean, I'd love to say I was shocked, but um, I, I was pretty pessimistic going into the game anyway. Um, like you, you'd, you saw what happened when we went to Vicarage Road earlier in the season. Watford are a Watford are a really good team and they're probably one of the better teams outside of the top six. Um, I think the team selection was a bit confusing, but at the same time, you've got to look, look, Peltier was ill. You know, I think Morrison maybe coming back in maybe a bit too soon. I think a few fans have said that. Um, yeah, they showed their quality and we, we didn't. Uh, I think we kind of got a bit confused. I was confused myself anyway as to what formation we were actually playing. Yeah. Yeah. We seemed to be changing... Um, the system constantly throughout the game I mean Bennett and Manga were constantly following Will Hughes in like a CDM role mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah it was it was just a bit confusing I think five maybe is, is um, flat as them a bit but we weren't great so I can't really have too many I don't have many, too many complaints and there's, Watford are a very good side like you said and there's no there's no embarrassment or shame in, in losing to them but, but the manner of, of the performance particularly at home and you know we, Cardiff were nowhere near their best and like you said I think the the selection and, and the tactics perhaps left a bit to be desired and, and I think the buck sort of sticks with Warnock on that one and, and like I said particularly that sort of last 20 minutes or so I was sat, I was trying to work out what formation we were playing and, and I had no idea I think <laughs> there was just there were, there were also too many bad individual performances like I've not seen Arta so um, devoid of of like the desire, he you know he yeah. ran about a lot like he always does, but he just was lacking that bit of quality that he always has. I think Bennett Bennett let us down a little bit as well. I think that free kick that led to their goal. I mean, I always get annoyed at professional football players that can't beat the first man from a free kick. So yeah. when when and when you see Dale Fail running one on one with Manga, you I knew instantly that that they were going to score from that. Um, yeah, I, I don't. It's hard to know. I think. I think Nias was was good up front for us. I, I honestly think he was probably our best player on the night. Yeah. But he's just up, he had no support. You know, he, he he loves his runs down the wing. I think he was really really strong down the left wing in the first half. But he, there's no support. And I think I saw one of your tweets earlier in the uh, after the after the game, and I couldn't have agreed with it more. I think we missed Gunnison massively. Yeah. Um, like I know he's played a lot, so I can understand why he was why he was maybe rested, maybe for the Everton game, which is in my opinion, more, more of a winnable game than Watford. Um, but you could just tell how much we missed him, um, I think especially on the counter-attack with Watford as well. Yeah, I think it was pretty clear throughout the game to me that 
we were being hurt in the centre of the pitch and, and we've been completely over overran by a very good Watford sort of centre midfield. But, you know, with just Rawls and Arta and positionally, uh, they're not the strongest. In the strengths in their game lie in, in pressing, particularly Arta, you know. So they were both all over the place aggressively, leaving a huge gap, which I think Gunnarsson, Gunnarsson would have would have filled. Um, and, and I understand resting Gunnarsson if, you know, obviously he's played a lot of games and he's not... Uh, in peak sort of physical condition at mm-hmm. his age and the injuries he's had, but maybe it was a chance to play someone else in that role. You know, Rawls did it earlier on in the season when Gunnison was injured, and maybe um, Bakuna could have played on that sort of right or, or in centre mid or Camaras. Uh, yeah, Patterson. Yeah, sorry, could we, have dropped into we, there. Exactly, we kind of lacked like Gunnison was taken out of the team, but no one was actually put in in his position. Yeah, um, like Bakuna. I think, don't think Bakuna did badly, but. Um, you know, we had three midfielders who would always going forward, but maybe just leaving leaving the five or the three or the four or whatever it was during the game a bit um, a bit uh, vulnerable at the back. Yeah, I think on Bakuna, I think he's probably one of the few to come out of of the game with with that could hold his head high. I think he he tried really hard, and considering when he signed, it was a bit of an underwhelming signing for a lot. He showed that you know he can bring something to the side um, even even just as an impact player off the bench I thought he's he's very direct and tried to run with the ball a lot mm-hmm. which a few you know few players did but and Nias like I said he really impressed and I think what's becoming clear is he's perhaps not going to score the goals yeah but... I think I think that's where uh, to, to become to the Bobby Reed scenario again and I don't know what he has to do to start a game yeah. in consecutive games um, which I'd, I feel a little bit frustrated for him I can understand Patterson starting because he always puts uh, puts the work in uh, Josh Murphy personally has maybe not looked as good as we, as I had hoped in the last few weeks he always looks threatening when he has the ball at his feet but he just doesn't do enough outside of that it's just so me. predictable should... yeah. Murphy, yeah, yeah I think sometimes definitely he kind of pulls the ball up a little bit Lingers. Bennett kind of makes a run outside, then he cuts inside and tries to either whip a ball in or, or, or shoot. Sometimes you want him to just run at a man, you know? Yeah. Um, but... I think that's also what we kind of lack off the bench as well. Hoylitz hasn't impressed me really this season either. He's had he yeah. scored some worldies, to be honest. The one against Wolves obviously won us three points. But um, in terms of performance, when he comes off the bench, I don't look. he doesn't look inspiring or anything like that. Mendes Lang has looked hot and cold throughout the season. I don't know whether we need to change the formation, take the wingers out and bring in Camarasa again. Yeah, It's really hard to know. But I think now that we've got players coming back fit, I think Warnock has the options. That he, if he wants to change it, he can change it. And I think that's the that's one thing we have to look at with a positive note. Yeah, I think one of the wide men that's impressed me actually the most certainly coming off the bench has been Kadeem Harris, who you know none of us particularly gave much of a look in at the start of the season. But when he mm-hmm. has come on, we scored that important goal against Fulham. Um, I, I've been quite impressed. I'm not sure if he's injured or just, or just out of favour. That's um, another one, isn't it? And you talk you talk predictability with Murphy. I think that's one thing that Harris does bring is that because he hasn't played a lot, teams don't know what to expect of him. So yeah. he, he's he's fresh and he's unpredictable and he's got that bit of danger in him because he's. He, because his quality is not 100%, but that makes him, I think, even a bit better than than who else we have because he's he's so unpredictable that he can provide that bit of quality. Yeah, 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 exactly. And obviously the turning point 
uh, well, it wasn't a turning point because Watford were, were very good and deserved their their win. But you know, with I, I can't remember if it was at one nil or two nil that penalty decision yeah, against, against Murphy. Yeah. I mean, we all know that everyone has said it's a penalty. You know, match of the day, everyone has been talking about it being a penalty. But you know, it's, it's it's easy to linger on that, isn't it? it but it is frustrating because we looked we looked arguably one of the, the better team in the first half they Watford provided more of a danger going forward but we look strong we look solid that's a crucial part of the game I don't know I, I, I personally don't think it would have changed the game that much 1-1 I think they still probably would have went up to beat us but it comes down you know to mention VAR I, I find it hard to agree to I find it hard with fans that think that VAR I can understand the point that they think it's going to kill maybe a bit of the fluency in the game but for decisions like that, that could define a team's season, and you've yeah. seen it over the weekend as well in the in the Tottenham game, and with Burnley as well. You know, it happens week in, week out, and it's it's changing the season for teams sometimes, especially when we're we're just up just above the relegation zone. Um, but yeah, it's hard to dwell on that because I think Watford probably, with their quality, would have beaten us anyway. Yeah, but I, one of the things that I perhaps had I'd forgotten about, or or uh, you know, over the last two days, put it out of my mind of uh, you know the trauma but when I was watching match of the day this morning and they're doing the Cardiff game and, and they mentioned it was around 60 minutes probably just before that um, Delefeo goal that came from that Bennett free kick and the commentator said that you know Cardiff are really piling on the pressure and taking the game to Watford so, you know if, if we had equalised from that penalty and at that point you know it was all to play for um, but like we said I don't, Watford probably would have won the game but you know it's those fine margins that you know, a what if isn't it yeah, definitely. I think the momentum was probably with us running up to that penalty in the first, you know, 10-15 minutes of the second half. We looked like we'd come out all right-ish, and then we just started to crumble. And once, like Dale Lefeo, I think he could play for probably any any team outside of the top three, in my opinion. I think he's 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 just different class. Yeah. And I think Dakuri as well. Dakuri is one of the most underrated players in the league. He controlled the game throughout um the only thing i'd say as well yeah he's 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 huge um and i think he showed his power and his as even his passing ability was brilliant um and it kind of it kind of showed yeah but you know after after yesterday and today's games you know we're still outside the relegation zone um obviously fulham huddersfield and southampton all lost over the weekend um but burnley paris and uh picked up good results as well and and newcastle actually won as well didn't they um, so I think that that's the importance of those two wins against Bournemouth and Southampton because if we didn't have those, I think we would be in real trouble right now. So I think the Watford game, although it was disappointing and it's not good to lose 5-1 at home, I think those two wins um, against Bournemouth and uh, Southampton are huge. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Tuesday night, Everton comes to the Cardiff City Stadium and you know it's a run of three games that that we could hopefully pick up some points in in Everton, then Wolves away on Saturday, West Ham at home the following Saturday before a doubleheader against Chelsea and Manchester City. So we're probably not going to get anything from Chelsea and Manchester City. So these next three games, you know, we've really got to be looking to pick up a couple of points, say four points maybe over three games would be a decent return. Yeah, I think so. I think Everton are, are a team I think we can really get at. Um, they're so inconsistent. They've only won two wins in the league this year. Um, they've been beaten by uh, Wolves. They've been beaten by, I think, Burnley as well. You know, they're, they're so inconsistent. Marco Silva came in and, you know, you know what he did with Watford and he did so well there. He came to Everton and he's kind of, they're kind of treading water at the minute, but they're starting to starting to drown and they're starting to drop down towards the bottom of the table. 
Um, I think Richarlison has looked hot and cold throughout. Um, I've had to take him out of my fantasy team a couple of times, which is a bit <laughs> annoying. But Andre Gomez, I think, has looked really good for them. I think when he's come in, um, from what I've seen of him this season, I think he's actually a really good signing for them. They pack the midfield. They've got Gay and they've got Sigurdsson in there. Um, I th- but I think because they, they're a slower defence with... Um, I think Kurt Zuma might be out. He got sent off against... Uh, so was Watford, Southampton, well, I, I guess think, Watford. Yeah. yeah, is he? Does that mean? Does that rule him out, or was the FA Cup game? I'm not sure. But um, with Michael Keane as well, I think he's 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 not as fast. Mariapa, I think, kind of had um, Nias in his back pocket on Friday night because of his pace. Mariapa is a quick defender, but I think Keane is just a little bit slower. So I think we can probably get. Obviously, Nias can't play, but I'm hoping uh, Zahor and and Bobby Reed maybe might form a little partnership on um, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and you mentioned there that you know they started well Everton and, and really dipped off. And just looking at their last six games in all competitions, they've only won one and, and lost the other the other five. And mm-hmm. losses against Southampton, Wolves, Millwall in the FA Cup, uh, Watford in the last game, and then Manchester City. They did beat Huddersfield um, a few games ago, but they're the type of team that that I look at and think that if Cardiff can be at their best, and we know how physical and, and in overpowering that, that Cardiff can be, we could really rattle Everton. I think so. I, I look at their team and I don't see an awful lot of, of quality. I think Richarlison provides a little bit of, again, unpredictability. I think striker-wise, you know, they've got Calvert-Lewin and they've got Tos- Tosin and neither of them have scored a bag full of goals this season. Yep. Um, midfield, obviously Sigurdsson, He's a, he's a pain in the backside. I think he, he can pop up with a free kick or a, a goal from 30 yards. We know what he's like. But apart from him and Richarlison, there's not an awful lot of quality in that team and physicality as well. There's not an awful lot of physicality in that midfield. Garnagay is quite, quite a small midfielder and I think Patterson could trouble Digne on the wing as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's one of the battles there that in the recent weeks, you know, Warnock's instructed the team clearly to play those diagonal balls to Patterson at, at the back post and you know rely on him wearing those aerial balls which, which he's done fantastically um, less so against Watford I think I, I was actually surprised how uh, tall Adam Messina was their left back and mm-hmm. you know, he really uh, matched Patterson a few times so there's a couple of moments where Patterson clearly wanted to get his own back at him and he was uh, taunting him a bit with, with a few physical challenges but yeah Lucas Dinia's you know and even if Leighton Baines plays instead you know they're both fairly s- small left backs aren't they that Patterson yeah. could, could definitely target and, and win against but I think you mentioned earlier Bobby Reeds and I think that that he's really important and, and, and he can be the key to us staying up really if he can find that form that that he showed in, in the last few games before getting dropped and you know against Southampton he's really on good form we need him. You know, we need him to be playing off Nias, who obviously isn't yeah, missing exactly. this game. You've said it yourself, I think the partnership that him and Nias have shown in the couple of games that they've played, they've played with each other consecutively. I think they've shown that that, that can fire us to survival. Um, of course, Nias can't play on Tuesday, but I think if Zahor comes in, I think Reed has to play. But I don't know. See, it's, it's a good headache for Warnock to have selection-wise. Um, I don't know. I, I would personally, I would take Murphy out and bring Reed in, and then obviously Zahor for Nias. Um, can't, can't, I'd love to see Camarasa back in, um, and I think. Uh, we mentioned Gunnison. I think Gunnison is is going to come back in if he's fit and yeah. and ready to play. I think Gunnison will come back in. Yeah, I think you you mentioned earlier about um, 
Gunnarsson and, and, and then ditching the wingers. Um, and I think that's probably the way I would go in this game and maybe go for a, a sort of 5-3-2 with a midfield three centrally of, of Gunnarsson, Arta and either Rawls or Camarasa and then Zahor and Reed up front and, and rely on maybe Patterson on, as a right wing back and Bennett as a left wing back to, mm-hmm. to provide that, that width. Because um, then it, it gives a, a sort of a solid base you know, with the centre three and Gunnarsson in front of them in defence, although, you know, against Watford, they weren't particularly solid. Um, but, Dan, what's your score prediction for the visit at Everton? Uh, um, I would I would take a point, I would, I, but I think because of how inconsistent they've been and how poor they've been this, this year so far, I think we can beat Everton. I, I might just go for a 1-0 Cardiff win. Yeah, I'll take that. I, I, I agree in a way. I think that... Wolves will be a, a tough one going away in the, in the game after this, but if we can get three points against Everton and then uh, a point at Wolves and then West Ham, you know, again, it, that could go either way. So hopefully a productive next three games and, you know, we can continue our fight towards survival. Hopefully so. Perfect. Well, Dan, cheers again for joining us. Where can no problem, find Scott. you on Twitter? Uh, well, you can follow me at Dan underscore Moffat 1998. Perfect. Cheers, Dan. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Cheers. Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian. We're for fans, by fans. You can catch more like this at viewfromtheninian.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure you check us out. Come on, city.